0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is the Weekly Standard's numbers maven, their pollster analysis extraordinaire, our good friend Jay Koss. Jay, how's it going?
1: I'm good, Michael. How are you?
0: I'm, I got to tell you, I'm in better shape than Obamacare, if I've seen the poll. <laughs> I mean, I, I may I have one or two too many Bushmills on occasion, but even my liver is in better shape than Obamacare is. When you look at the poll numbers surrounding Obamacare, Jay, what are the ones that jump out at you?
1: Well, look. I think though the thing that's most interesting now is, you know, we've known that Obamacare has been unpopular in the polling. Um, it, it has it has since its passage never been uh, more approved than disapproved in the average that Real Clear Politics conducts. But what we've seen lately is, um, you know, a shift. It's becoming more unpopular, but I think what, what we're seeing in particular is what we didn't see in 2012, and I think what a lot of conservatives were hoping Mitt Romney would do would be to connect voters' dissatisfaction with the law to, tr- to induce them to move against the president and right. say, you know, he passed this law, you don't like this law, we've got to get rid of this law, you've got to vote him out. And the Republicans in 2012 failed to do that, and and you know even with the shutdown theatrics, they failed to do that as as well. But you know the the law's botched, bungled, you know, obscene implementation mm-hmm. is really doing that which Republicans had failed to do. I mean, you see, and I would Obama, argue, Jay, um, they
0: couldn't do it because the perception of Republicans is so poor that when Republicans say. Uh, President Obama's not telling you the truth, for example, people, a a significant amount of the uh, electorate simply shrugged that off. But when they see the president himself saying things that aren't true and then they see him trying to flip flop and (laughs) twist his way out of it, it's so painful. I think that the best selling job the Republicans have done is by not selling, just letting President Obama and Jay Carney and uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Sebelius speak. They're doing all the damage that anyone could do.
1: Yeah, you know, I think there's something to be said for that, and the Obama administration in 2012, or the campaign, should be credited, I mean, for whatever it's worth, should be credited for really, um, you know, destroying Mitt Romney's credibility over the summer when he didn't have money to launch a counteroffensive, you know, really really undermined his capacity to carry that message which he didn't carry very well anyway but okay. i think you're right i think what's happening now is, you know the obama administration it's almost gone to the point now where they're asking the country who you're gonna believe us or your lying eyes yeah. and you know that that argument never works in politics but particularly with president
0: obama's personal trustworthy numbers i mean he crossed the rubicon into negative territory i haven't seen any polls and maybe i'm missing one jay where his Do you trust him or do you believe him number is above 50 percent?
1: Yeah, it's that is a really bad sign for the president. And I think that that was the real feather in his cap in 2012, which is I think a lot of people were uncertain about his term, uncertain whether or not they believe he had done a good job, but they wanted him to succeed. They liked him personally. They trusted him. They thought that he was doing the best that he could. And I don't think people believe that anymore. At least the majority of Americans are starting to doubt that. When that's a huge problem because when you lose credibility how do you get it back in politics it's very difficult
0: well the strategy thus far is to continue to say things that are proving not to be true i think the the thing that should be disturbing the white house even more than the problems they've had up till now was jay carney's inability yesterday to answer the simple question president obama said if i like my doctor i can keep him is that true and once the you know people start figuring out particularly older voters, traditionally Democratic older voters, start figuring out that their doctor could be at risk. I think that makes it even harder. And then once they because that's another layer of the you can't trust what he says and you can't trust him on something that really matters. The guy who actually examines you in that cold, white, you know, examination room.
1: Yeah, I think that's right, and and you know, look, this is a problem that a lot of presidents get themselves into uh, historically when they, you know, it's almost like they get into tr- they they when they get stuck in the mud, you know, and they, and they just end up spinning their wheels. They just keep trying to do the stuff that they've been doing before. They they don't think outside the box. They don't adjust adjust their strategies. So, and you know, in this case, the White House was wedded to a series of talking points like, you know, you could keep your doctor, you could keep your insurance that weren't true. And they were known not to be true by people who took time to look carefully at the details. You know, even before all of this news started breaking about how it's actually now becoming not true, you know, people who were in the know knew that this was going to happen. And now that it's clear to everybody, you know, they're still making the same claims. It's almost Mm -hmm. as if they don't know what to do with themselves. Um, And, you know, you get these reports coming out of the White House that they're in crisis mode, they're hunkered down. I I think that's all of a piece with this. I think they just – they're not certain what to do. They don't know what to tell people, and they don't know what to do with the law. You know, I think they're they're still – under the impression or at least have the hope that things will iron themselves out and they just have to hold the line long enough. And that that is looking like an increasingly um,
0: forlorn hope.
1: Strategy, A forlorn
0: hope. There's never been a hope more forlorn than the hope that Obamacare is going to suddenly start working. So let's talk now about the uh, next election cycle, 2014. Uh, Kay Hagan in North Carolina's numbers have just plunged. Um, uh, Mark Udall in Colorado doesn't even, ha- I don't think he has an official, uh, opponent or, you know, certainly not a, a, a you know, he, he wasn't perceived as being any danger recently. Now he's kind of losing to insert Republican here. Those are two states where Democrats had made progress. What is 2014 looking like and what could they do today, Jay, to help inoculate themselves for 2014?
1: Well, uh, well, let's take both those questions in turn. Um, You know, what is unique or what will be unique about 2014 is if we we can, we assume, and I think it's a reasonable assumption at this point, that Obamacare is a problem a year from now. Um, You know, that's going to put these Senate Democrats who are for reelection in a unique position, a unique difficulty, because... Uh, you know, one of the advantages that you have as a member of Congress is that your connection to public policy results is always sort of vague and hazy. The way Congress is organized, you know, you right. sit on this subcommittee and, and you, you know, present this bill or this amendment. You know, voters have a hard time connecting your actions to the state of the world. And that gives members of Congress an opportunity to claim credit for things that they didn't actually have anything to do with and deny blame for stuff that they did have stuff something to do with. But you know, that's not really the case with Obamacare because Obamacare was passed with 60 votes in the United States Senate. So every every democrat who's up for re-election next year was the critical voter. You know, there is no running away from this in the way that say Republicans could run away from the Iraq War in right. 2006. They could say, "Well, I voted for it, but all the Democrats voted for it too and the sure. Bush administration has screwed up the implementation of it anyway." You know that's something that congressional Democrats Senate Democrats are going to have a hard time doing because not only did they vote for it, but they were out parroting all the lines all the lies mm-hmm. that the Obama administration was parroting or saying about keeping your doctor and stuff and so in that situation you know you you look at the Senate playing field and you figure. You know, the potential for Republican pickups is pretty strong because you have a whole series of red states, deep red states South Dakota, West Virginia, Montana, Louisiana, Arkansas that all have congressional uh, Senate Democrats. Are holding those seats and they're either leaving or they're out in a tough re-election fight. And then you have these purple states like Virginia and Colorado and even Michigan. Those are states where conceivably the Republicans could pick up a seat. Those states are always close in presidential election years. And you know, look at the Republicans. If if 20 2014 turns out to be the kind of year where Republicans win, you know, the national popular vote by say 7 points 5245 which is not a blowout by any historical extent but a 5245 year would be the kind of year where Mark Warner in Virginia and Udall in Colorado should would really be sweating it.
0: Uh what were we looking at in 2010?
1: Yeah, exactly. Be, it would be similar to that, except, I mean, the, the difference would be, you know, and the critical factor here for Republicans is they've got to pick smart candidates. They right. left, you know, a series of seats on the table. I mean, really, if the Republicans had had their act together, they should already have a Senate majority. But they have nominated in t- 2010 and 2012, they left five, six, seven seats on the table because they nominated lousy candidates. So that's going to be the critical Difference, I think. If the Republicans really want to take political advantage of the Democrats' troubles right now, they have to find candidates who are good candidates. And by that, I mean, you know, it's not just enough to have a solid conservative, but you have to have a solid conservative who can talk in a persuasive manner to independents and moderate swing voters and the Republicans failed to do that in 2010 and to a large degree you know Nevada uh, Delaware in 2010 were in Colorado where all seats the Republicans should have won but they lost cuz they nominated bad candidates same thing happened in in 2012 in Missouri and Indiana they nominated bad candidates and they lost seats they had no business losing you know they do that again then the Democrats might you know sneak away but that's going to be the real critical factor here, finding high-quality candidates and getting them the nomination.
0: I think there's something else at work, too, Jay, and that is that in 2010, it was the base of the Republican Party that was energized fighting against the base of the Democratic Party that was so-so. I think you have a different layout. The base of the Republican Party is going to be crazy energized. They're going to be, oh, oh, they'll be passing out ballots and Xanax at the ballot <laughs> box. But then you're also going to have moderate or swing or not particularly aligned voters who I think are going to be energized to go vote because they are personally going to be so annoyed. They're going to personally have a coming to encounter with Obamacare. And then you're going to have Democrats not just, you know, so-so, but truly demoralized. I've been asking uh, Democrats here in Massachusetts. What are you voting for? You know, tell me what you, when, when, if, you would, if the election were held today and you are going out to vote for Obama, what would you be voting for? And there's just kind of this grousing, well, I hate Republicans. That's, that's not a lot to hang your hat on.
1: No, that's right. And I think that that is a key difference between now and 2014 or 2010, excuse me, that, you know, look, in 2010, that that you had just the beginnings of the Tea Party insurgency and the sort of recognition among conservatives that the government's size and scope and intrusion was growing out of hand. You know, in 2014, we're going to have that plus the fact that the government's intrusion into health care is screwing it up and screwing it up for people, regardless of their political affiliation. You know, these cancellation notices are going out to independents, Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, liberals, socialists, you know, (laughs) they're all getting the, you know, the notices are indiscriminate in that regard. And that is a real danger for the Democrats in holding their political coalition together in 2014.
0: Jay Koss, thanks so much for your time here on the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.